This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. This is the Learn Jazz Standards Podcast, episode 70. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Hey, what's up, everybody? Brent here. I'm the jazz musician behind LearnJazzStandards.com. I want to thank you so much for being here today, for listening, whether it's your first time ever coming to the show, or if you're a regular listener, I want to give you an especially uh, big thanks for coming week after week and listening to this show and being uh, a support just by listening. Now, on today's episode 70, I have a very special guest on the show. It's saxophonist composer and teacher Livio Almeida. He lives here in New York City, but he is originally from Brasilia, Brazil, and he is an expert on, of course, Brazilian styles of music as well as jazz. And so he's going to be talking to us today about Brazilian music, specifically bossa nova. Bossa nova is a really important style of music in jazz to be aware of, to be proficient at. There's lots of jazz standards that include bossa nova in them, Antonio Carlos Jobim, lots of songs that you should know for gigs, for jam sessions. So it's important that we understand how to play this style of music. And if you're anything like me, you didn't grow up playing this music or even listening to it. So we can use some help from our expert today, Livio Almeida. Now you can go to Livio's website at LivioAlmeidaMusic.com. That's Livio, L-I-V-I-O-A-L-M-E-I-D-A Music. Dot com to go check him out and to check out his music as well and buy his album. I'm excited for you to listen because this is a very value-packed lesson. We talk about the jazz and Brazilian music connection. We talk about basic rhythms for bossa nova, how to improvise over bossa nova tunes, important standards you should know, uh, important artists that you should be checking out. We also talk about another style of Brazilian music called choro, which is sort of like Brazilian bebop, which is super awesome. I really love this music, and it was really great to hear Livio talk a little bit more about it. So let's jump in today's show and get Livio Almeida on. All right, welcoming on the show today is saxophonist, composer, teacher, Livio Almeida. Livio, thanks for being on the show. Uh, thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, so let, let's let's do a little bit of a bio for you. A lot of my listeners probably don't necessarily know who you are, so give us like the two-minute Livio Almeida bio. Uh, well, uh, so I'm saxophon saxophonist from Brazil. Uh, I moved to New York in 2009 to you know, study uh, jazz performance. And I have background in classical saxophone too, and you know, being being here in New York, since then playing Brazilian music, jazz, playing big bands, different projects, have my own project going on, and currently also I'm uh, having a new development. I'm studying composition at Brooklyn College. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, awesome. Okay, and and we do have some Brazilian uh, listeners. So, where exactly in Brazil are you from? Uh, I'm from Brasilia, Brazil. So that's the capital. It's uh, a newer city, and uh, actually, as a city that has a lot of good musicians coming from there. You know, uh, there's a, a big uh, conservatory, uh, the Escola de Música de Brasília. That's where I studied, and they also have the Clube do Choro, which a lot of musicians that play choro come from. Oh, awesome. Okay, great. So. I'm really excited to have you on today because uh, obviously you're an expert uh, with different Brazilian styles of music, and of course you're also a professional jazz musician. So it's it's a you're obviously a perfect person to talk about this today. And as we know, Brazilian styles are important in jazz, namely bossa nova. So I thought a great place to start would be just to talk about the connection between jazz and bossa nova, and why that's so important for uh, jazz musicians to be studying. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, I think one important thing to note is that uh, you know, like the the origin of the name bossa nova. You know, it it's a term that uh, came up uh, in the forties, like the late thirties, forties in in Brazil, and it means like the new thing or a new way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And uh, bossa nova was a movement that started uh, around that time. So it's like a development from samba is basically like a more uh, a softer way of playing samba, but it's highly influenced by jazz harmonies, you know. You have many musicians from Brazil from that time who were drinking from jazz. They were listening, you know, to Nakinko or uh, other traditional jazz, you know, tunes like the show tunes or sweet big bands. As a matter of fact, you have, you know, one of the precursors of Bossa Nova. His name is Johnny Alf. Oh, actually, that's his uh, nickname, not his actual name. But he got that nickname because, you know, Coming up, he was a fan of Nakinko, he was a fan of Sinatra. He would play in like in Frank Sinatra fan clubs in Brazil. And he started experimenting, fusioning uh, the harmonies that he got from the jazz tradition into uh, the Brazilian rhythm of samba. And that's like a movement that has developed later on that became bossa nova. So it was really Johnny Alf that kind of uh, was the guy who spearheaded it? Essentially, is what you're saying. Yeah, well, he's one of those. He's one of those. He's one of the guy get because uh, he he might not be as famous, you know, as Jobim and João Gilberto, which are the guys who really sat, like really established it. But before, you know, because uh, a lot of people they know those two big names. Of course, everybody knows Jobim because he's like the mm-hmm. seminal figure in Bossa Nova. Yeah, but there's like a. A little before those guys, like you no, know, there was already a movement kind of starting, and I think Johnny Alf is like one of the central figures of this pre-bossa nova. Okay, so you mentioned some. Obviously, you just mentioned several important figures, but for for someone who maybe you know is like me, didn't grow up listening to this music, you know what what's what should we be checking out? What other artists should we be checking out? If you could maybe uh, list like some of the most important figures, you know Johnny Alf, Antonio Carlos Jobim. And what are some others that we should be listening to? So, yeah, for sure, you know, I mean, Johnny Alf is a, a early figure. Uh, Antonio Carlos Jobim and uh, João Gilberto are definitely, you know, like, you totally have to check those out. But, you know, other artists, you know, like uh, João Donato, uh, Baden Powell, Carlos Lira, Mauricio Einhorn, which is actually a harmonica player, Mm-hmm. Lenny Andrade, a Zimbo trio, it's very important. Uh, you know, I think names like those, a Luis Bonfa, and list goes on and on. 
Uh, Elise Regina is like a great singer who sings a lot of this. I think it's also important. Oh yeah, I, I love her. Uh, there's there's a lot of great videos that you can check out of her playing. Uh, she's her music. She reminds me sort of like her feeling is like Billie Holiday, but obviously not Billie Holiday, but like kind of that darker. Um, you know, the bossa nova Billie Holiday. I guess that's the way I feel about her. Uh, I really, I love her music. I'm glad you mentioned her. Um, we're going to have a list of uh, some of the artists that Livio is talking about for those listening on the show notes today. You can go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 70, episode 70, to check out a full list of uh, some of these names today that Livio has uh, mentioned. Because, you know, it's really important, and you can tell me if you agree with this, Livio, when you when you're trying to study any kind of music, the most important thing to do is is to listen to it, and that might sound obvious, uh, but really, if you want to understand the music, you know, reading out of books or or taking lessons is one thing, but really, the listening part is what you need to be doing to get that saturated in your head. So, listening to all these artists is of utmost importance when trying to learn uh, this style of music. Would you agree with that? Definitely, I completely agree. You know, uh, just get, getting an understanding of that music and also internalizing that music it's like a lot of it it's just listening and getting familiarized more and more yeah absolutely so let's move on to a little bit of, of the playing side of things now for someone who's like a complete beginner has no clue where to start when you're playing bossa novas uh whether it be a gig or a jam session situation what what are some of the things that you should be thinking about or worrying about like what what's the most important things uh, that they should know about playing bossa nova. So, well, uh, I think uh, basic things. You know, uh, bossa nova, as like uh, most of Brazilian music, is based in a binary uh, meter. So we're thinking two instead of thinking four. And okay. this music's based on sixteen notes as opposed you know, to a more triplet feel that swing would have. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the parts. I mean. The, other parts they're basically uh, based on percussion parts you know like you check out uh, so the bass part would be a reproduction or something close to what like a low frequency percussion instrument like a surdo surdo is basically a bass drum would play mm-hmm. and mid and high frequency percussion instruments they are basically have the figures and clavis that would dictate you know like a guitar or piano accompanying and even like horns or like fra- melody phrasing, they kind of sit above that that rhythmic pattern. Yeah. So okay. So c- could you give some example? I-, I thought that was really interesting. You're talking about uh, the binary uh, pulse there. So thinking of things in two and then sixteenth notes. Can you like give an example of uh, what that sounds like for people? Yeah. Sure. Uh, for example, I mean, if you feel the pulse like in two. Uh, you can feel the flow of the 16 notes always with an accent in the first and the last 16 note. So it's probably going to sound something like this. So like one, two, one, two, you know, that's, that's awesome. So that's like kind of the, the baseline there, not the baseline literally, but like the, the, the stability, the cornerstone right there is what, is what you're exactly. saying. Exactly, and you can phrase out of that, you know, like you can, of course, explore with it, but that's the basics, like that's no like what simpler things, like like a shaker phrasing or even like a snare drum uh, uh, phrasing, you know, and you can base a lot of things from that. 
Oh man, that's that's super helpful for me right off the top. So now, where do we go rhythmically from there? Does so, you know what are some like you're talking about? It's based on all these different parts. Like, where do we go from there? Yeah, so I, I can kind of give you like a, a you know like just a scratch the surface show a little bit of like different layers. For example, uh, as a, a bass player, would probably like check out the surdo part, which kind of sounds like this: one, two, one. Now we have variations of that. The main one is actually just playing on two. So one, two, boom, boom, boom. And then you can can play around there. You can create some ghost notes that emphasize that. So one, two, one, two, two, boom, boom, two, boom, two, boom, boom. Something like this. So it's it's uh, emphasis on that beat two essentially. Exactly. Is what, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the emphasis is always on the beat two, especially for the low low frequency uh, frequency percussion. And the main thing, actually, well, I, there is the agogo, which is part of that too. Agogo is like a mid kind of mid high. It sounds like this. Ta da ta da ta 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 but the main one to focus and you now if you check uh Jean Gilberto guitar playing on samba it's gonna mm. come straight off the tambourine pattern I think which is the most important thing which is kind of like this uh, it has a lot of syncopation but as you listen more and you can check out videos of this uh, it's it's a great pattern to learn so one Oh wow, okay. So that that's what that's what uh Gilberto is playing on the guitar. That's the rhythmic like that's the baseline rhythmic structure he's playing with. Is that what you're saying? There's there's uh, a few you no know, uh, different uh, things he does for samba like when he's playing faster samba stuff it's coming from this when he's playing bossa nova there's a few patterns the most basic is actually a one bar pattern that basically sounds like this uh, one two da da ba 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 da da ba 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 and that's like a bossa nova basic pattern that you will definitely hear he playing in most of his records. Wow. As the okay. first samba is like for more faster samba stuff. So is especially if you're a comper listening today, you just got like a gold mine of information right there uh, rhythmically. But also, and you know, not even just compers. Everybody should understand these rhythmic structures because uh, tell me if you agree with this, Livio. Like the rhythmic, any style of music. Understanding the rhythmic structures, the way things are rhythmically working is if that's not there, then everything else is not going to quite work out in the end. You know, your solos, whatever improvisation you're doing. Would you agree with that? I totally agree with that. And especially, you know, like uh, I think the uh, music that is mostly played in our uh, context, like jazz, and uh, I definitely put Brazilian music together and Afro-Latin music those are all types of music. They're strongly based in African rhythms and African culture, and right. that's the rhythm has such an important part in this. 
So, you know, like we, of course, practice and study harmonies and a lot of things, but if the, the rhythmic foundation is not there, the bass, like I think we lose a lot. All right, just taking a little break from today's show to talk to you about our flagship ebook, Zero to Improv. Zero to Improv is a book that teaches you how to become a great jazz improviser from the ground up. No stone is left unturned. This isn't your ordinary music book, Zero to Improv. It calls you to action. It's packed full of improv and jazz theory lessons. You'll start from the beginning and build up all of the skills and knowledge that you need to become a great jazz improviser. There's audio examples included for all of the music notation of the book, and versions are available for C, B-flat, E-flat, and bass clef instruments. It's designed for all skill levels. If you want to learn more about Zero to Improv, go to Zero to Improv. Dot com. That's www.zerotoimprov.com. Uh, so, okay, let's just talk about... Okay, there's actually a few different things that are on my mind right now. Uh, the first one I think that would be important just to clear up really quickly for everybody is... Could you tell everybody the difference between Bossa Nova and Samba? So, so uh, Bossa Nova, I mean, the, the difference is, is, of course, kind of blurry anyway. But uh, mm. I would say... Uh, Bossa Nova is a development of samba, you know, like, it's basically like a softer version of it, the, the, the tempo is a little slower, and the harmonies, they come more from the jazz tradition. As uh, you would see, samba harmonies are usually not as chromatic, uh, and the lyrics also, you know, uh, this, the, the, the samba movement is basically a movement that comes, you know, from the favelas, or like the, the moho, which is, you know, the hills where the favelas are. The bossa nova is more like a middle class kind of you no know, like a club movement, like music jazz club movement. And okay. of course, uh, a lot of those artists they they came to America, they came to New York, and they live here for a while. And this is like a has a greater influence from the American music. Right. Okay. Okay. Now let's bounce back really quickly back to that bossa nova pattern. Can you clap and sing that again? That bo- that bossa nova pattern you were showing earlier. Oh sure. Yeah. So uh, the basic one one bar pattern that you hear John Gilberto playing is something like this: one, two, one, two, bam, 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 bam. Awesome. So, okay. So when I listen to Gilberto play though, he's like, I mean, I, I hear that completely. He's also doing, I mean, he's like a rhythmic genius. I mean, this guy's like insane. Actually, you know, it's even more mind boggling, uh, is when he's singing and playing, it's just like mind blown. Like, how are you doing that? You know what I mean? Um, he has such a freedom in the rhythm, you know, he can like push freedom, the yeah. ahead or behind the beat. But it's still the pockets are still there. I know. And of so, course, sorry. Of course, so, uh, he's, he's phrasing over that. You know, like this whole uh, in, uh, intention is like you have these patterns, you have the sixteen note feel, and you have uh, the all the percussion layering there, there is over there, and you sort of phrase over it. You know, like you have a little bit of, let's say, freedom. You can sort of improvise as you call. It's not as like a clave of like Afro-Latin music, which the clave dictates a lot what you're doing. This is like mm-hmm. a foundation, but you can sort of phrase with it and create rhythmic variations. 
So he's taking some of those basic patterns and thinking about the 16th notes, but he's he's just working off of it. He's just playing off of all that stuff. And he can come back home whenever he wants to, but he's just he's just building off of that, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that. And also, you know, uh, you have to also take in consideration the melody. A lot of times he will create a figure that will line up with the rhythm that the melody is doing, because a lot of these melodies, they'll have those syncopations. Mm-hmm. You know, so he will kind of phrase with the melody and then comes like what he does with the phrase where like he stretches a phrase and but he's still doing the rhythm with the guitar or and uh, it's it's just genius the way he does it. Yeah, he's he, he's a he's a mad genius. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Are there any other rhythmic parts we should be aware about? Uh, well, there's there's several you can you can uh, look. I'm sure online there's uh, a bunch of variations, but maybe one another that's very common in Boston Nova that I'd like to note is a two bar pattern that goes kind of like this: one, two, one and two and pop 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 pop. And and what per what what percussion percussion part is that based off of? That's uh, it's just a variation that is inside the tambourine part, but it's not okay, exactly the, the same. Okay, but I think that's incredibly enlightening for me when you're when you're saying how th- these are all based off of different percussive parts, right? You know, like doesn't matter if you're playing on a guitar or a piano. Or, or whatever, or on your horn, these are all coming from these per- percussion parts. I, I, that's For me, that's awesome information. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, when I was coming up and I started playing, in a lot of groups, they would ask me, oh, no, can you play uh, some percussion, whatever, a shaker, or can you learn the tambourine part so you can play the tambourine or a go-go? And I got to say, that has made my playing over this music improve so much that has you know like opened my mind to a lot of it and I've learned so much. So I, I, I wouldn't stress enough how helpful it is to just check out, learn the patterns, if you have the opportunity to actually play the instrument a little bit, you know, just just mess with it and, and try to learn it because that's gonna help you a lot, a lot. Yeah, awesome. Um, okay, so for, again, someone who maybe doesn't have a starting place at all, what are some, like, standards, some bossa nova standards that someone should study or check out or learn? Well, I mean, uh, like, all the Jobin tunes are really, like, some of the mm-hmm. standards that you should be looking at. But, you know, I would say, like, something like, you know, Triste, uh, Desafinado, Corcovado, which in English, I think, is Quiet Nights. Um, useless landscape, once I love, how insensitive, felicidade, uh, no more blues, of course, the girl from Ipanema, uh, so danço samba, which I think uh, the jazz and samba in English, uh, double rainbow, wave, meditation, dindi, leisure is a great tune to learn. Uh, uh, other tunes out add like Dora Lisi, which uh, and some other not necessary Jobin tunes like Opatu, which is like a it's a funny has a funny you no know, duck thing like Opatu, and at the end they basically make a, a duck sound like it's a fun it's a fun tune to play and has a lot of you know harmonies that you would probably see in a jazz jazz standard. 
Yeah, awesome. Okay, that's a great list of tunes. Uh, those, again, will be on the show notes today, com forward slash episode 70 for anybody to check out a list of some of those. Um, okay, so there's uh, there's another style of Brazilian music I want to quickly pick your brain about um, because I'm not sure uh, how many people know about it or are educated about it, but it's it's Choro. I'm wondering if you could talk to us about what that is and uh, give us a little insight on that music. Okay, so... Well, Shoro is actually a practitioner of samba. It came a little before, you know, the whole samba school mm-hmm. and the samba in the car- Brazilian carnival thing. Shoro was up uh, like in the late 19th century and early 20th century and had a renaissance in the later 20th century. And, you know, like a, a, a really interesting way to describe it, but I think it's actually kind of kind of true, is that uh, Shoro is what, for Brazil would be in America a bebop, you know, it's basically Brazilian bebop kind of. Yeah, that's exact. That's exactly how it was described to me too. Yeah, Brazilian bebop essentially. Yeah. So no, it's like a, it's an essentially instrumental music genre, and it has all these you no know, melodies that a lot of it could come like out of a bar etude or something like that. They're very complex. They're technically challenging, and they use like basic rhythms that came before samba, such like uh, the mashishi and uh, harmonies, like European uh, classical harmonies a little bit. And the, it has like a, usually has a pretty interesting instrumentation, you know, we have like our own version of a mandolin that has a very important role, plays the melodies. Uh, we use a lot of uh, percussion like the pandero, which, you know, is like more acoustic have a seven-string guitar, which basically plays the, the bass role. You know, they play lots of like bass lines and counter-melody over uh, the, the, the melodies. And of course, you no know, wind instruments. Uh, you can have a uh, flute, clarinet, saxophone, but also a uh, trombone and trumpet. They're not as big on it, but there are some really amazing trombone and trumpet players, such as... Uh, Zé da Velha and Silvério Pontes, which is like really amazing players there, still still around today. And I think the thing that I, I, I used to, some of my teachers used to give me them just for like reading purposes or even technical exercises. Um, but one thing that really uh, stood out to me is, is sort of like bebop. You know, if you want to learn how to solo, like do an awesome jazz solo over a bebop tune or really any jazz standard, a great thing to do is just to learn bebop heads because bebop heads are essentially like Charlie Parker wrote them and they're basically solos. That's really what they are. They're, they're solos with maybe like a little bit like consistencies, like a repeated a section, things like that. But they're, it's really improvisation. And that's what I felt about Shoro's that the ones that I've played is, is that they're really a study of how to improvise as well. Like they're really great studies of that. Would, would you agree with that? Totally agree. I totally agree. And uh, no, as it's like jazz. Now you learn the heads, you learn solos, and with Shoto, like you, you start playing all the different tunes, and you see that they have this, you know, like uh, consistency, and you see like where the harmonies tend to go and how the melodies are built. So I think it's a great exercise, a great technical exercise, and uh, I would say, you know, like uh, if you compare those, like a little closer, uh, Shoto is a little less chromatic in the melodies. Uh, mm-hmm. But it has like that same kind of drive melody, like very, very like sixteen note bass. Uh, improvisations are also like very based on the melodies, like almost you're making a variation of the melody, which is I mean is important for any any style of music you play. 
Right. Yeah. It, the melody is often overlooked. You know, when people for, like play the melody and then they forget about it in their improvisation. But you know, I I, I always say this about the bl- like blues, for example. You know, what's the difference between one blues to the other? Well, it's the melody. Most of the time, some of them have different chord changes that go different places, but it's the melody. And so, if we're using that melody as a tool to improvise, uh, you're you're going in the right direction. So that's really cool that you mentioned that about Shoros. Now, are there any uh, specific composers or artists we should be aware of for Choros that we can go check out? Yeah, well, uh, I think there's two figures that are central in Shoro that everybody should know. Everybody who's trying to get in the world should be aware of. And first is uh, Jacobo Bandolin, so Jacob of the mandolin. You know, is a very important composer, and he basically set the standard of how to play that style and interpret the melodies. And uh, also Pichinguinha, which, you know, he started as a flute player, but then switched to the saxophone, and he is, like, one of the most important Brazilian composers of all time. Like, I think he's, like, up there with Jobim. And he oh, also okay. set the standard of how to play this music, especially on, on uh, woodwinds and horns. Okay, all right. So we'll be sure to check those out. Those will be in the show notes today. All right, Livio, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I mean, I feel like my mind has been blown with uh, amazing information. I'm probably gonna, I'm probably going to listen to this episode over a lot myself, uh, especially some of the rhythmic things you were talking about. So I'm like super excited. I know my listeners are super excited. So I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Now, is there any uh, a link we could send uh, listeners to to go check out more of your music or anything else going on with you? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, everybody can uh, go to my website. It's uh, liviomedamusic.com, and there's links. There's some a lot of stuff there. Uh, I have a record out. It's called Action and Reaction, which is more like a contemporary jazz fusion with some Brazilian mm-hmm. elements. And people can check. It's on Spotify. It's on uh, CD Baby. You know, it's on iTunes. And also, uh, I have another uh, parallel project is a 10 piece all Brazilian band uh, that we are actually going to the studio very soon and uh, we should release that uh, hopefully in the near future oh that's that's going to be super cool I'm personally really excited about checking that out um, wishing you the best of luck on getting that project out that's going to be uh, amazing so be sure to follow Livio um, on his website and uh, keep in touch with him there all right, Livio, thank you again so much for being on the show. I hope to have you back again sometime soon. Oh, thank you for inviting me, man. It was a pleasure, and uh, keep doing this great thing you're doing, man. All right, that's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out the show notes at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode seven zero, and be sure to check out our special guest, Livio Almeida's website today, and that would be Livio Almeida Music. As always, if you got value out of today's podcast, go to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. That helps other people find this show. And we're going to be coming out with a brand new episode 71 next week. I'm looking forward to seeing you back then. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter.
Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.